I'm so excited to be here. Like you said, my name is Karsten. I'm one of the pastors here at church. And tonight is part four of our series, Relationships. That's right. Because here's the thing, here's the thing. Your relationships that you have right now matter. In fact, there is no other factor that affects us more mentally, spiritually, and physically than the people that are around you in your life right now. Like seriously, there's nothing else that makes you feel better mentally. There's nothing else that challenges you more spiritually. And there's nothing else truly physically that, that will help us and mentally will help us than the people that God has placed in your life right now. It is the single most important thing that can cause you to keep walking with God or cause you to walk away. Right? In our culture today, I'm sure you've experienced this too, a lot of our relationships can be less than real. Right? Almost fake, even. People will say something to your face and then turn around and you know they, they, they didn't even mean it at all. Right? They're being genuine, but they're not even actually being genuine. <laughs> right? They're being fake. And we then and, and we begin to feel isolated. And when we're isolated, it's easier for us to take our eyes off of God and place them onto ourselves. And at that point, it's easier for us to walk away from God. So tonight, I'm going to ask you to not listen to me. What? All right. No, but seriously, because tonight is not about me. I'm not up here to give you a lecture. I'm not up here to give you a talk or whatever. Tonight is about what God has, wants to say to you. You might grab one thing that God says to you from what I read tonight, and that's fine. You might grab 10 things, but the point is that God wants to say something to you tonight, and he wants to say something to the person next to you. So don't screw it up for them, okay? All right, don't screw it up for somebody else just because you maybe feel like it doesn't apply to you. All right, because God wants to speak to us tonight. So don't miss it. Now, tonight's message is titled, Up. Now, how many of you guys have seen that cute Disney movie with the houses with the balloons and the dog named Doug? Yeah, tonight's not about that at all. Um... No, but tonight is about building others up and growing closer to God. And so if you have your Bible with you tonight, we're going to go to Proverbs 27, chapter 27, verse 17. All right, and we can put that up there on the screen. Oh, all right, Proverbs 27, chapter 17. If you're tracking with me, write this down in your notes. As iron sharpens iron, so one man or one person sharpens another. All right, this is kind of going to be our, foc our focus tonight. Now, um, a lot of you don't really know me. I didn't grow up in Sox Center. I grew up in um, a small town called Apple Valley of about 45,000, 50,000 people. Um, and and I, I played soccer growing up. All right now, my dad was huge into sports, he was a huge baseball, softball player. When I was five, I got put into t-ball. How many guys played t-ball? Right, now there's two types of kids in t-ball, right? There's the kid that's serious. He's got the bat, he's got his glove, he's got his pants. And he is ready for baseball, right? He is the next major league player. And then there is the kid who's chasing butterflies and drawing in the sand. That was me. All right, that was me. It was like one out of 10 kids hits the ball. I was bored out of my mind, 
right? I was like, I just want to run around. And so then my dad introduced me to soccer, where all you do is run and chase other people and chase a ball. And I loved it. And so I started playing soccer when I was five years old because I was like, this is awesome. You just get to run around, and it never stops. Nothing ever stops. It just keeps moving all the time, and it was the best thing ever. So I played soccer all through high school because I loved to run. But see, here's the difference. There's people that just like to run without anybody. I like to run to beat somebody else. That's why I like to run. I like to run to say, like, whoa, yeah, I can, I can get there faster than you. Right? That's why I wanted to run. All right. Now, so I played all through high school at a small Christian private school. Not very much competition there, okay? Like half the kids on the team had never played soccer before. Just wasn't, wasn't the highest level of play, we'll just say that. Um, and then I went to college at North Central and played with, with people that had been playing for years on very experienced teams. All right. And there was one, one player, his name was David. We were both freshmen coming in to North Central. And David had played at a much higher level than I had played. Traveling soccer teams. And he was fast. Like, fast. Now, previously, on my old soccer team, I was the kid that always finished the mile the fastest, finished the killers the fastest. Like, that was my goal, to beat everybody else. Right? And now David... Me and David, we're, we're good friends, but he is beating me at the mile. He's beating me in the killers. And I'm like, man, I could have gone two ways. Come in. I hate this guy. He always beats me. But instead, I, I felt challenged. And we would, we would work off of each other. And I got faster and I got better because of the way that he ran, because of what he did. It challenged me to be better. And that's what iron sharpening iron means. It means you're coming against someone, and there might be some friction. There might be some challenges there. It might be uncomfortable, but it makes you better. All right, so here's the thing. We've already hit this kind of last week, but I wanna, it's so important. I want to make sure you catch it. All right, last week, Pastor Corey showed us the importance of removing or distancing relationships in our life that are pulling us down, friendships, whatever it is that are pulling us away from God. But I also want you to catch that it's important to place people in your life that are going to pull you or push you on, that are going to challenge you to be better, challenging you to grow. All right, so most of our relationships, I'm sure you, you know this, come from similar interests, maybe similar locations, same school, same class, same clubs, maybe even same friends, right? And, and that's how most of our friendships start. is isn't because we're like, hmm, yeah, I think they're going to line up with my values. I'm going to pick them. No, right? It just happens. Like, you just become friends with someone because they're, they're on their sports team. And you're like, you like the Mandalorian? I like the Mandalorian. And that's friendship is born for the ages, right? No, but that's how most of our friendships start. So how do we let the right people in close if we're almost not even in control of it? It makes it, makes it feel like we're not in control. So I want you to make it a practice to look at how somebody treats someone else. Not how they treat you. I want you to make it a practice to see how your friend treats their parents. How does your friend treat the coach? How does your friend treat total strangers? Right, because it's very rare that your friend is gonna come up and disrespect you to your face, right? So it's hard to judge like if they're nice, if they have the same values, if they treat other people the way you want to. 
But when you look at them from a distance and you take a step back and say, what are they doing? What are their actions doing? You watch how they treat other people, and that's how you see if your values start to line up. See, common interest does not always equal common values. Right? Just because you're interested in the same thing and, and you seem to kind of have similar personalities, that doesn't mean your values are going to line up with them. So here's, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. What you surround yourself with matters. It does. All right, if you want to grow, you have to have people in your life that want to grow too. Otherwise, you're not going to grow. All right, if you put a plant in rocky soil, no sunlight, and never water it, what's going to happen? It's going to die, right? It's going to die. There is no other scenario in which that plant lives. It's going to die. Proverbs 13, um, Proverbs 13, verse 20, says this. It says, he who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. Suffers harm. You have to surround yourself with the right people. Right, now, uh, we, a couple weeks ago, Kyle used this illustration of, of someone standing down here and trying to pull somebody up versus per, pulling someone down, all right? If you weren't here, it's a lot easier to pull someone down than it is to pull someone up. So I want you to picture that same person standing on the stage, having people holding them down, and then someone pushing. They would easily fall off, right? But if that same person was standing on the stage, linked arms with two other people that are also standing on the stage, and they come to put pressure on that person, those people are going to keep that person firm and standing right where they are. They're not going to move. So when all of your friendships are down here, and you're trying to live for God up here, and life happens, and the enemy comes and pushes on you a little bit, you're going to give. No matter how strong you think your faith is, no matter how much you read the Bible, it's going to give if everyone else in your life is not where you are. That's why it's so important to put people in your life that are going to challenge you, that are even a step up above you, that, are gonna, that you can look to and say, wow, I want to be like that. That's what you need to look for. All right. Now, Ecclesiastes, we're going we're gonna to flip through some verses here. All right? Ecclesiastes is right after the book of Proverbs, Song of Solomon, Ecclesiastes, all these books of wisdom, they're kind of called. All right. So Ecclesiastes chapter 4, um, and here's, here's the heading of, of chapter 4. It says, oppression, toil, friendlessness. Wow, that sounds like a chapter I want to read, right? No, Ecclesiastes, if you don't know, it's, it's notorious for thing, like things like life is meaningless. All right, that's Ecclesiastes. But here in chapter 4, in the mi middle of all this, in verse 12, it says, Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. What does that mean? It means that we're stronger together that when we align ourselves with people that are aligning themselves with God, we're stronger together. And, and instead of individual cords here that can be easily broken, we're bonded together to be able to stand firm. All right, so here's what I want you to catch. You can allow someone to be in your life with allow, without allowing them power to speak into your life. All right, it's okay to allow people to be in your life and not give them power up here in your mind. 
that's totally fine. You can have friends that don't align with your values, but if that's all that you have, you're giving them more power than they need. So if we want to grow, we must first allow ourselves to be challenged. All right, write that down if you're taking notes. If you want to, be, if you want to grow, we must allow ourselves to be challenged. We've fallen into this trap as a culture that says what's true for you is true for you, and what's true for me is true for me, and let's just, let's just let it be that way. It's not how it works. All right? It's okay to be wrong. It's okay to admit and say, I'm wrong. You won't grow if you don't fail. That's just a fact of life. If you only ever succeed, that means you're not setting yourself up to be challenged. That means everything is easy for you, so what are you even doing? Nothing, nothing matters if everything's easy. If you only race against kindergartners, duh, you're going to win. I mean, unless one of them is like Usain Bolt's kid or something, maybe then you would lose. But no, but seriously, if you only ever set yourself at a bar that's so low that you know you can just step over it, what, what's the point of even setting a bar? You're not challenging yourself to grow. So it's okay to be wrong. It's okay to say, man, I used to think this was right, and it's not. I've been reading the Bible, and, and that's not the way I'm supposed to live. But you have to make that choice. No one can make it for you. If you want to be happy now, surround yourself with people that will always say yes to you and never challenge you. Right? If, you want to, if you want to just be happy now, great, do that. But if you want to grow, surround yourself that are going to push back a little bit, and they're going to challenge you to say, yeah, the way you talk to that kid in the hallway, I don't think that's the way God would want us to do that. Or I, I, I kind of saw you cheating on that test today. I don't know if that's necessarily the right thing to do. Put people in your life that are going to do that. Don't put people in your life that are going to say, yeah, whatever you want to do, you do it. You do you, bro. No, all right? We want to put people in our life that are going to challenge us to be better. All right. Now, I, I brought with me all the way over here, the very farthest spot that I could walk. I brought a sword with me just because I like swords and shiny things, and it's really cool. All right. Now, if you wanted to sharpen this sword, you would not go and grab a pillow and be like, uh, yeah, oh yeah, it's sharp now, right? No, it's a, you're an idiot if you do that. Nothing is going to happen, right? Nothing is going to, if you want to sharpen a sword, a, a sword only gets sharper by something that challenges its integrity, something that, that challenges it, it, it cuts off the dull edges of it and provides friction, all right, that's when two forces are moving against each other, and they don't necessarily like it, and it's causing a little bit of almost pain, right? That's friction. So if a sword needs to get sharper, if it needs to actually do what it's supposed to do, it has to have something that challenges its integrity, cuts off the dull edges, and chooses to provide friction. And that's what we need in our life. Right? We need people that are going to challenge our integrity, that are going to cut off dull edges in our lives, and, and are going to, to choose to provide a little bit of friction, a little bit of pushback when we're not living the way that we're supposed to. All right? 
So that's, a, that's, that's the sword, all right? So we have all this information, all right? So how do we build others up? You're like, okay, I, I want to encourage the people God placed in my life, all right? Because you, you want to surround yourself with people that are going to encourage you, but you also have a goal to encourage the people around you to be better. And you can't do this. You can't say, hey, uh, you really suck. You need to be better. All right, that's not going to work. They're not going to be your friend anymore. All right, and you would have just lost the ability to speak into their life. All right, you can't do that, even if it's true. All right, no, but seriously, you can't do that. Don't do that. I'm not telling. All right, so how do we build others up? Write this down if you're taking notes. The biggest thing that you can do to build others up is use your words. All right, it's the biggest weapon that God has given us. All right, but weapons are used to defend as well as attack. So make a choice to use your words to defend others, to stand up for others, to encourage others. All right, courage is, what, what is courage? It's like strength in, in the midst of pain, in the midst of grief, in the midst of loss. All right, that's what courage is. It's like, man, there's 500 people coming against me, but I will take them all. That's courage, right? You're, you're like, I can do this. I've got this. So to encourage is to give someone courage when they don't feel it. You encourage a plant to grow by watering it, you encourage maybe your, your friend to try out for a play when they're afraid by, by telling them, man, I've heard you sing. You're, you're really great. You've got to do this. It's encouraging. All right? It's not just saying, I like your hair. Okay, that's not encouraging. Encouraging is speaking life into them. All right? So most of us, I would say, myself included, use our words without thinking. How many of you guys would agree with that? Most of the stuff you say, you don't even think about it. It just comes out of your mouth, right? Maybe it's time to start thinking, all right? Some of you need to write that down like in all bold and everything, all right? In the book of Ephesians, this is a letter that, that was written to a church. Ephesians chapter 4, uh, verse number 29. There we go. All right, Ephesians 4, 29 says this. 12, what, did, what am I saying? 12? What? I wrote down 29. Ephesians 4, 12. I'm like, this is not right. It's not the verse I've highlighted. I actually have it highlighted. All right. <laughs> Ephesians 4, verse number 12. All right. It's, I'm going to read it right here. It says, do not let any, un let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths or moths, but only what is helpful for building others up. Seriously, if you have a mouth, you've got to control that thing. All right. But according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. All right. Hey, I've got a six-month-old. I don't get a whole lot of sleep, guys. Spelling is not at the top of my list right now. All right. <laughs> no, but seriously, your words should only, what this says, should only be used for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. All right, another version says this. It says, don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement 
to those who hear them. Let everything you say, not just the things you say to someone's face, not just the things that you say to your parents, not just the things you say some of the time, let everything you say be used to build someone up. Which means, on the other side, if it's not going to build someone up, don't say it. Right? I mean, we've all heard that if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Right? Basically what it's saying here in the Bible, if you're not going to build someone up with what you're saying, if the word that you're going to use is not going to help anybody, don't say it. Right? Words live forever. Someone can replay what you've said to them over and over and over in their mind. And most of the times, the things that get replayed in our minds are the negative things, are, are the things that we don't even want to repeat, but they get stuck in there. Now, you can impact the future. You can change the future. What? Because what you say today can impact someone's tomorrow. That's the truth. Your words could change how someone's entire day is tomorrow. Could change their entire year if what you say is that life-giving to them. Words affect us more than just mentally, right? It, we, it can get stuck in our heads and we can replay these thoughts in our heads, but, but words affect us physically too. All right, Greta, will you come up here and help me with this illustration? Give it up for Greta tonight. <laughs> All right, Greta has no idea what she's going to do here today. All right, Greta, I'm going to have you come stand right here. And we're going to teach them the power of words. Okay? So I'm going to, I'm going to say some things to you. Okay? No, I don't really mean them. Okay. But it's just for an illustration here today. All right? Greta? You're too young to make a difference. Greta, the people that you've placed in your life aren't helping you. you. You think you have these big dreams that God has put in your heart? They're not from God. Eventually, six months from now, they're all going to fade. You're going to feel like a failure. In one moment, you're just going to wake up and you're like, why am I even living? And eventually, you're going to walk away from God. All right, put your arms out. Don't let me push them down. All right, we're going to try this again. Ready? Greta, you are amazing. God has a call on your life to reach students, to reach people, to reach the unreached. You have such a positive just atmosphere about you that God has placed in you. Your smile is contagious. People look to you because they know that you're going to speak life into them. They look to you because they know that you are going to make them feel better. You always put the needs of others above yourself. Put your arms out. Don't let me push them down. I'm seriously pushing as hard as I can. Give it up for Greta. Your words matter. What you get stuck in your head matters physically. Like I literally could not push her arms down. What you say to someone gives them physical strength, mental strength, spiritual strength. That's a big power to use. So you better use it right. 
You better start thinking about others when the words come out of your mouth. It comes down to this. The people you are in contact with right now will shape your future. And you will shape theirs. So be someone who cares enough to help the people around you grow. Care enough to use your words to bring life. So, if you haven't listened at all the last 15 minutes or whatever, pay attention right now. I'm going to sum everything up for you. All right. What you surround yourself with matters. Ask yourself right now, what is around me that's helping me? What's around me that's hindering me? All right. Next is this. If you want to grow, you must allow yourself to be challenged. Ask yourself, what do I need to be more open to? What do I need to quit? In what ways am I wrong? And that's okay to be wrong. And then lastly, your words make a difference. You have the power to build others up. That's a huge power. A lot of, our time, a lot of times people use their words to tear other people down because it makes them feel bigger makes them feel more important. When you start to tear other people down, you start becoming bigger than they are. Like, yeah, look at me. When we use our words to build others up, we're also being built up. When you encourage someone, it gives you strength too. When you say, wow, I just made a difference in that person's life, that encourages your own self too. So use your words to make a difference. And we're going to close. Would you guys stand with me as we take this moment to focus on God? Before we go into our small groups tonight, maybe as I've talked tonight, you've realized that you feel alone and empty, that your relationships in your life are fake. I want you to know Tonight, God loves you. God created you. He sent his son here for you because he wants a relationship with you that isn't fake, that has nothing in the way, but a relationship that is open with him. And with every head bowed, every eye closed tonight, nobody looking around. This is just a moment between you and God. If you would say, yeah, that's me. I feel empty. I feel like none of the relationships in my life are real, and I want something that's real. I need something that's real. I want to ask Jesus to, to have a relationship with him. If that's you tonight for the first time or whatever, if you want to have a relationship with God, simply put your hand up in the air and put it back down. Awesome. Awesome. Give him one more moment. Thank you. All right, we're going to pray. I'd like you guys to simply repeat after me, everybody in this place. Say, dear God, thank you for loving me. Thank you for creating me. Thank you for your love. I want a relationship with you. I set my life for you. Please come into my heart, and I want to live for you. Amen. It's a simple prayer. Prayer is simply talking to God. All right, the next group of people, 
I want to talk to tonight is maybe you've been in here and you've realized you aren't building people up. In fact, you, if you were honest with yourself, you'd say you, you use your words to tear others down to make yourself feel bigger. You use your, your words to tear other people down even when you don't mean it. So if you're here tonight, every head bowed, every eye closed. If you want to make a commitment tonight to say, I'm going to speak life from now on, simply raise your hand. Awesome. Hands all over the place. We want to use our words. God, we come to you tonight. We humble ourselves enough to allow you to speak into us. God, help us learn to build others up. Help us learn to place people in our life that are going to challenge us to grow. God, don't let this be something we hear about and don't put into practice, but let tomorrow, even tonight, be the time that we start building others up. In your name we pray. Amen.